0: Years ago, the Wall Street Journal released an article titled, Young People Say Disconnect Keeps Them From Churches. And this article pointed out that roughly half of the people surveyed, ages 13 through 25, say they feel out of sync with churches on issue issues like race, gender, and immigration, adding that the biggest disconnect emerges around LGBTQ rights, and that only 44% of churches care about such issues like race, gender, immigration, and LBGTQ rights. And it's for these reasons that, that these churches have seen memberships fall over the past several years. And these st- statistics and takeaways, I would say, are hardly earth-shattering. Such trends of uh, attendance decline and observations have been made repeatedly over the past several decades. This isn't new news, right? Across America, church attendance generally is falling. And it's getting harder and harder for churches to retain young people. So why bring up a two-year-old article stating the obvious? Well, when I came across this article, what really struck me was the commentary from some of the individuals they interviewed on why they feel the disconnect from the church, as they elaborate a little bit on these questions. And it, I think it evidences and shows us something. It shows us that the church needs to speak boldly, it needs to speak clearly, and it needs to speak directly to the youth about the power of gospel the relationship between the church and the world, and the holiness of God. I think as we think back over the past couple decades, it's now clear that broad evangelicalism has largely miscalculated how to engage the youth with our involving sexualized culture. We have 30 years of emphasizing purity over faith and repentance, entertainment over prayer and meditation, and games over catechisms. And this swap of the good for the bad... Has really left its scars. The ex-evangelical movement, for example, and for all its faults, has really highlighted this truth. Consider them. These these are people who grew up in Christianity, but they grew up in theologically derelict conditions and are walk, now walking away from the faith and droves. So it should surprise no one that their kids are following. I mentioned the comments from this article. Here are a few uh, of uh, comments from the article for those surveyed. Uh, Jesse Brodka22 said, he wrote, where he said i hear what priests and pastors say at the pulpit and i say to myself no that's not what i believe in my heart he goes on to say quote the fact that the christian faith has become a symbol of judgment speaks to the gap between religious organizations and the non-judgment that we value as young people in quote Amistice throws another person interviewed who is a self-identified non-binary person Said that she stopped attending their local Baptist church when homosexuality was declared a sin. She clarified that quote, that sets you up for eternal damnation, and I was afraid to live my life. End quote. And finally, Kristen Camacho, 22 at the time this was uh, written, said quote, I don't accept the teaching when it comes to discrimination, and that when it comes to going to church, he and his friends, he says quote, have no reason to go. End quote. Now, there's a lot that can be said about this commentary however if anything stands out I would think that at the fore for us at least for me is that that there's no fear of God before these people's eyes and I find it interesting because whereas the debate uh, for decades in, uh, in the cultural uh, center of the United States was was you know 50 60 years ago was centered around whether God even existed did God exist did he not exist that that was kind of the preeminent discussion that was happening in the cultural center of of the, of the United States and today, it seems to be swirling not necessarily about God exists, but more about personal freedoms and licentious behaviors and ideals. And what changed? How do we get there? How do we go from a discussion around does God exist to does God care if I do anything? Can I just do whatever I want? Well, in the 1990s, I'll, here's some thoughts for you, right? Some, I'll propose something. In the 1990s, many evangelical churches operated on the practical assumption that if we want young people to stay in church— then we need to make church exciting and fun. And this often meant fun youth trips, uh, games, pizza parties, and so on and so forth. And the thesis, if not ever stated directly, seemed to be that if we entertain kids and keep them coming, genuine faith will come along eventually. And this entirely man-centered approach to evangelism drove churches to become less focused on worship, faith, and repentance, and more focused on Christian-themed activities and programs. Parents would choose churches not on the quality of their doctrine, the quality of preaching or polity and sacraments, but instead on the vibrancy of their youth youth groups and youth programs. I know parents specifically who said that they've chosen churches because they had a great youth program, while knowing very little about anything else that goes on in the church. Now, largely, I'd say the first half of this plan worked. If you look back at the 90s and early 2000s, kids showed up. They came, they came for the fun. And this effort was fueled and aided by Christian marketing agencies who caught on to this trend and flooded the space with, you know, Christian kids, uh, teen music, uh, books, bracelets, t-shirts, and so on. Christian marketing was big business. And furthermore, parents, I think, were generally supportive of these programs at the time. You know, they, they liked that these programs focused on abst- abstinence, purity, and piety. And as long as outward sin was avoided... And piety was maintained, then things seemed to be on the right track. Yet, as we're seeing, you know, a lot of this was posturing. And I'll say, maybe that's too harsh. Maybe posturing isn't is is not fair. You know, if it, if it wasn't outright posturing, then I would say it was at best empty instruction that lacked theological substance. And because of this, we really shouldn't be surprised that so many who grew up in such conditions are now leaving the faith. We had the process backward. Instead of hoping that the outward would change the inward, churches should have focused on the inward being justification, changing the outward, sanctification. We shouldn't have been worried as much about the things people did as much as preaching Christ and letting faith and repentance take hold in hearts. Now, certainly we treat morality and and we, we teach the right way to behave and the right things to do, but it must always be connected to the inward, to the justification, the changing of the heart. And let me clear up quickly that there's nothing inherently wrong with building community, having fun in youth groups, church programs. My kids attend them. I think there, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Gospel-centered community is a wonderful aid for Christians of all ages. The problem is that while some churches created a nice environment for kids to hang out, they failed to also teach an entire generation about Christian worldview, about repentance, about faith, and at the risk of maybe overstating things, about the substance, glory, and holiness of Jesus Christ. We made idols out of various aspects of the Christian life while ignoring more weightier matters of the faith. Maybe instead of worrying so much about church attendance, we should have been teaching them concepts like inevitable persecution and what it means to actually suffer for Christ. After all is clear that quote 2 Timothy 3:12 says that all who desire to live a godly life will suffer persecution. And now an entire generation is now graduated to adulthood without substantive guidance on how to live and how to exist faithfully in God's wor- wor- word in a world that hates the gospel. And while I certainly don't like it, I do understand it. Cultural evangelicalism offered little to their training so when these kids who grew up in fun youth group environments when they went out and went into the to the adult world so to speak and they were challenged with hard cultural social and moral issues so many were unequipped to think critically and biblically about it They're, They they knew what not to do but they didn't know the why they didn't know the who is Jesus behind all this and as I continue to muse on the commentary of those young people mentioned in the, the article that I quoted earlier you know, I'm saddened because these individuals, several of them, appear to have spent some, some time in church. They, they reference churches that they go to, yet they still, they still don't have any idea of what it really means to be a Christian. They flip-flop the value system. Rather than looking to Christianity to understand the world, they look to the world to understand Christianity. They fundamentally view the church between the two as the flawed entity in need of modern moral interpretation. Therefore, by their worldview, the church must then change to accommodate the changing culture. And this false hermeneutical approach, or worldview if you will, undermines every word and doctrine of the Bible. The Bible no longer becomes objective truth. And the moment we determine that Scripture is unreliable on any moral issue, inevitably we will abandon its credibility on all of them. This is, as the overused expression goes, a very slippery slope. The truth is, Scripture is sufficient on issues like sex, race, gender, and immigration. And whereas some act like the church has never really thought about such things, in reality, these issues are not new to our world, nor to the Bible. We have thousands of years of insight woven into God's Word for guidance. Yet so many are afraid of what the Bible says because it's unpopular. Well, newsflash, what the Bible says has always been unpopular in the world. Jesus wasn't crucified because he said things people liked. Since day one, the church has been fighting a battle to redeem the culture for Christ and his kingdom. And it will remain this way until Jesus returns. And moreover, Jesus's beauty and the kingdom of God is worth every sacrifice that one might make for Christ. It is as Jesus once said, Quote, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Matthew 13:44. Are we teaching the youth today what this treasure is and why it's of infinite value? We must contend for the culture with the gospel and proclaim the glory of Christ. You know, a very good friend of mine recently commented to me that he thinks the focus of the church right now ought to be to love people and not to fight a culture war. And I'm good friends with this person. I, I still am, I, even though I, I still respectfully and firmly disagree with him. I think in our current social and moral climate, I consider it unloving if the church is to remain silent and not speak clearly on issues that face our culture. It's unloving if we focus on having a good time with kids don't equip them for the for the tools that they need biblically and morally to, to face the culture. Love doesn't coddle, it speaks the truth. If the church isn't willing to stand its ground and offer something different than the world, then what's the point? You know, those quotes from those people that were surveyed uh, that I mentioned earlier are proof that lost souls, be encouraged by this, lost souls are searching for meaning, identity, and life. They're looking for for something more than what's right in front of them. The church, by the grace of God and the love of Jesus, can and should speak truth on these issues. Christi- biblical Christianity offers more life, more peace, hope, joy, and love than any other ideology in the universe. In Christ, we have answers to all of those hard questions. So if, anything, if any good thing can be said about the recent surge of ex evangelicals and the flood of social issues in our society. I think it's that serious issues are now at the forefront of the minds of our youth. Young people, maybe earlier than ever before, are being forced to address really hard issues like sexuality, race, gender at younger ages. And because of this, I think they're more prepared than you might think to discuss difficult topics. They have questions and they don't want they kids want, don't want to be entertained. They might want to have fun, but they want the truth. And if we're unwilling to speak hard biblical truths to young people, they'll continue to view the church as little more than a small group of judgmental conservatives with antiquated worldviews. However, if we are willing to equip and train up this new generation on the weightier matters of the law and the faith, they will grow up and see the substance of a church that has withstood every fiery arrow hell has ever thrown. Moreover, and more importantly, they'll see the beauty and the power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us prepare the minds and hearts of the generation tomorrow by equipping them with the Word of God today. Thanks so much. This has been Jack with The Chorus and the Chaos.